Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. I think we are all set. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 244 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your host, Kyle Bennett, and for the first time in three months since this whole quarantine situation has gone down, we have the man, the myth, the legend. My co-host, Matt Castorina, is on the voice line with us tonight. Matt, welcome back to the show. Yeah, uh great to be back um i could never call in because i had a (laughs) a very messed up phone which which didn't want to hold the charger but that's sorted out now we can safely record again which is very nice very good to hear your voice again and uh get to yell uh not into a microphone into the (laughs) into my my ears (laughs) earpiece about about philly sports but great to be back and uh i guess you could say now that you're back we are in fact living the dream we are. I mean, well, the dream really has turned into a nightmare, hasn't it? But, <laughs> uh, but I guess it's still technically a dream, you know. So it's very true. It's still, it's still true. Uh, as always, guys, show is brought to you by our friends at Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security Twenty One, Paul J Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novak Automall, who are now reopened. By appointment only, they are selling cars left and right. I log on to the old Facebooks, and they are selling a new car every day. So if you need a new car, head over to our friends at Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, show is powered by our friends and our awesome kick-ass merch provider, Design Tree, DSGNTree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Use the promo code DSGN10 at checkout. Saves yourself $10 off your purchase at checkout. Sports hopefully right around the corner. Gear up for the NBA and NHL playoffs. Baseball might be back at some point. If not, you'd still look good in our Bryce Harper t-shirts. DSGN10 saves you $10 off your order. And of course, Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing. The best in the business. I wear my blue light glasses every single show as I stare into these screens my eyes are protected use our promo code usp at checkout saves yourself 25 percent off your entire order plus you earn those hawk points if you sign up for an account on tomahawk shades website every dollar you spend you get a hawk point that goes towards essentially free money on their site to get yourself some new pairs of sunglasses blue light glasses and everything in between tomahawkshades.com use the promo code usp I figure we start out with something hilarious to kick off the the reunion show, and that is uh, Joel Embiid, Matt, has finally gotten his license after all this time that he has been in the States. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not something that ever crossed my mind because, you know, especially 
we get these shots of all the Sixers players like walking out of cars and stuff, you know, all, you know, on their way to games. And um, I just never really quite thought about that. We don't ever really see those of Embiid, um, and that you know, just because he's walking out of a car doesn't necessarily necessarily mean he drove it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I had no clue that this man had no driver's license this entire time. But I guess if you live in a city, you know, you can certainly get by without, especially if you're. Uh, wealthy like Embiid is, um, but yeah, it's what a time to end up getting a driver's <laughs> license. He had enough time to study. I guess so. You know, there's you, you see some people during this quarantine, you know, yeah, getting in shape or, or doing like home upgrades and stuff like that, or you know, learning a new language, and Embiid just <laughs> went out and got his driver's license. Good for him. Um, he is taking car recommendations. I don't know if he settled on anything yet, but. Uh, I'm very interested in what he ends up buying. <laughs> I feel like there's I, such I a, imagined... a limited selection just because of his height. Yeah, but I mean, he has the money to, to make any modification he wants. I'm, I'm just curious how unique and uh, he's going to make it. Um, and I, I just, I'm just, I was flabbergasted that he didn't have it. I just <laughs> assumed that he did and we just never really see. Because it's strange, because I feel like we see so many of the Sixers driving. I feel like I've seen Ben Simmons in every one of his cars that he owns. But yes. I, I guess we've just never never really noticed with Embiid. I, I guess I have to be more attentive. So Embiid gets his license. Is he going to drive down to Disney World for the playoffs? Because <laughs> he, he has the ability to do that now. Uh, but the Disney plan for the NBA uh, has come it looks like it was about to be gone it looks like it might be back again and somehow some way uh housing arrangements are based on seating yeah uh sixers i believe are in the the grand floridian floridian which is uh, i guess one of the nicer hotels it's not quite the resort that other teams are getting which i think is a, a little unfair there's some class warfare going on with some of this um <laughs> But the you know, the plan from what we can tell is uh, every day we're finding out kind of new aspects of it, and some of those seem incredibly superfluous. Like you know that Disney's gonna let them uh, you know get early screenings of some movies and, and some TV series that were gonna come out, um, and then some alarming ones like that the you know Disney staff that are gonna be uh, in and around the supposed bubble aren't gonna be subjected to testing and are, are going to be able to kind of just live their lives like normal, especially in the last few weeks we've seen that Florida's is spiking in cases. So this plan is um, <laughs> every day it feels like a thread is being pulled out of it, and there's obviously bigger issues too that some of the players are, are focusing on that I think makes the, the possibility of the NBA being back on the timeline like we, we were hoping um, murky at best, but... I mean, as it stands, we're, we're going to be having basketball within the next month and a half. But I just, I, I don't know. I think that there's there's still some some hurdles to be passed before we actually get there. Yeah, and I mean, uh, let's not forget about the anonymous hotline to report potential violations of protocols in Orlando as well. <laughs> yes, I, which I'm sure uh, won't be abused. <laughs> I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we'll go normal. And I just. I, I think there's still lots of questions with, with how this is actually going to work. And I think with, with so much of, of 
what we're seeing now is we need to be assured that it can be done as safely as possible. It's never going to be a hundred percent safe given just the circumstances that we're under right now. But, um, I just, I'm not convinced totally that this is the, uh, that this is the way, but I, you know, I think there's, there's obviously bigger implications involved because, you know, the whole reason it's even in Disney is because Disney has such a huge partnership with the NBA to begin with. Um, but this just seems, I don't, I, you know, and you even look at it with, with the MLS is going to be doing something similar being in Orlando. I just, I, I think it could be a recipe for disaster and I, I don't want to be too doom and gloom about it, but um, I think there's, there's lots of ways that this could go wrong. And then, you know, even the players now are, are saying that they don't want the season to return because they want to focus on social justice issues and don't want there to be the distraction of basketball, which, um, you know, I, I, I respect that decision as well. So there's lots of hurdles, I think, before we get the NBA back. Um, and until we get there, I, I, I'm sort of in the I'll believe it when I see it range yep. <laughs> almost with, with having it back. And I thought the NBA of all the sports were going to be the ones to come back first. Obviously, we got the NHL plan first, but with those guys still having to get, you know, their their skate their skating feet under them. I figured the NBA would be on track, you know, right away because we all know baseball's a mess and we'll get into them in a little bit. But, uh, you know, the more time that passes, the more I feel like the NBA is kind of on the verge of not happening uh, with just the amount of players, like you said, that want to focus on social justice, that don't want that distraction. Um, You know, if players do play, how many of the players that were against it are, you know, hurt by it you know what what kind of ramifications does everything have if they play if they don't play uh there's a lot to kind of just digest with everything yeah and it's interesting you know i'm a huge fan of european soccer and all the european leagues not all but a a large percentage of them are are back up and running now or it will be uh restarting this weekend um and the german league has been back for a few weeks and it's being done safely and if, if you watch the games there really no different to what you're seeing you know normally obviously there's no fans um and they have uh, like sound engineers pumping in you know crowd uh, noise like you would typically hear the most part you know it's it's being done very safely and they release you know the amount of uh tests that they do and how many positive results and i know for the premier league the english league you know they're doing about 1100 tests and they're at most getting you know two or three positive results, and the you know the players are, are certainly in a good situation, and the league seem good situation at least play the games, um, which gives me hope that like logistically it can be done. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, it's not an impossibility that we could have sports back. Um, there are certainly some inroads and and I think some precautions that have to be taken, and I just don't think putting uh, you know players or or any kind of workers in this situation is is really the the best method you know where you're putting them in this very central tourist location um where they're they're not really guaranteed the safety like you'd like them to have um and i i just think i think that there's there's just a ton of problems with with the the way the restart is going now and you know, things change week to week, though, you know, because when this plan was first unveiled, I think everyone was very excited and very hopeful. Um, but I, I think the situation in this country is that we're taking it day by day and uh, they're changing so quickly. 
limits of, of what we know and what we understand. So, you know, maybe we get to that point where this is safer, but I just think, um, I think it could be a disaster, honestly. Yeah, especially with Disney World opening back up again in the near future. Um, but looking at the distribution of teams throughout these hotels, what kind of sick joke is it that the Thunder and 76ers are in the same housing when that draft pick is like right there up for grabs and the Sixers still have that pick going into these eight playoff games? Oh, I, I smell some uh, some running in the hallway, uh, <laughs> some, you know, <laughs> pushing over vending machines, you know, calling, uh, you know, thunder rooms, <laughs> you know, in the middle of the night to wake them up so they don't get good arrest before games to make sure that they lose as many as possible. But, I mean, you know, there's certainly an aspect of it that I, I'm excited for. You know, it, it'd be really cool to see kind of behind the scenes of this. And this is certainly um, times that we'll never forget. And, and having this kind of situation documented and, and having it in a central location like this could be really kind of cool, you know, for, for lack of a better word. But um, yeah, it is, it is kind of, <laughs> it is kind of cold, you know, cause you know exactly where you stand when you're put in these, these housing segments. <laughs> um, seems a little messed up if you ask me, but uh, I, I think that the plan overall I'm satisfied with, but um, I just think, it's it to me it's still very much up in the air that that the NBA season goes on like it's being planned. Yeah, and uh, when it comes to Sixers wise, Brett spoke to the media a few days ago, uh, and the the quote about Ben Simmons potentially not being a hundred percent yet, even you know with three and a half months off so far since the last time he's played a game, uh, but then the video on Instagram surfaced today that. He's been working out in the gym, and he looks pretty damn healthy to me. What did you make of uh, Brett's quotes when they came out talking about Ben, you know, how he was throwing up when he uh, injured his back and was in that Milwaukee game? Uh, because it, it just added another, you know, just bookmark in the giant mess that is this Sixers team. Yeah, it's, um, it's obviously not great. <laughs> and... Yeah, I mean, we even said at the time, you know, when, when it came out that he had a back injury, like, what the hell was he doing playing then, you know? And it is another bookmark because we, we've constantly had with the Sixers this sort of, frankly, negligence about player health and safety, um, you know, and I just, I you know, you have to worry so much with back injuries like that because they can truly be career, you know, ending, if not mm -hmm. changing. And with... Then the way that he plays, being so explosive, someone that really gets to the rim, has, has a very physical aspect of his game. If you take that away, even just a little bit, I mean, they, you're talking about just a, a completely different player and, and reduced in what he can do. And then, you know, he has to live his whole life, by the way, too. Uh, you know, the, these players have more than just their careers to look forward to, you know, and um, a back injury is no joke. And, and if his pain level is, was that much of these vomiting, that's obviously not great. So, you know, I, it's weird because something like that has been put on the back burner so much, but now that we're getting back into the mode of thinking and talking about sports, you know, we're going to have to come face to face with the reality of that. And if he's actually going to be ready for this potential restart. Um, but for the Sixers, I mean, you look at a, a situation like this, they might actually be a really good team built for this type of, of situation. I mean, you know, this is essentially, uh, 
like the beginning of a new season potentially. And the Sixers has typically come into new seasons and, and dominated. You look at the way that this past season started all the way back in, you know, it feels like forever ago, honestly. <laughs> um, but, you know, this team started out really, really well in the first month and a half of the season. And I think just based off what we've seen in some other sports as well, I think if you can be a very solid defensive team, that that sticks. And players are not going to have a ton of rhythm going into this you know, the, the regular season, what's left of it is going to be shortened. Uh, there, there's really not many games before you get into actual playoffs. Um, so I do think, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about you know, the, the Sixers' chances, I think they're almost improved with this situation. Um, but, of course, they're not on home court, so I <laughs> maybe they'll lose every game. Um, I'm not sure what that'll do to them. Uh, that, that'll certainly be interesting. But, yeah, this is going to be... I think this, if you know, everyone's able to come back healthy, um, you know, especially Ben, but even talk about Embiid, you know, a guy that's always sort of been criticized for his endurance and stamina level and his fatigue, especially when he's in the playoffs. I mean, he's had three months of rest, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you can't really understate that. So we'll see, you know, just kind of how these teams look when when they get back, and once once we even see just you know. Uh, footage of them at practice before this this restart even happens you know just seeing them and and what kind of shape they're in and all that um, is going to be really really interesting i need to know the odds of what you know over under how many times al horford is using the anonymous hotline to (laughs) rat on sixers players breaking uh code in orlando because we know we got a bunch of bullies they're going to go out there and try to you know mess around with everybody mike scott's probably going to be Pulling pranks on people, Embiid's gonna you know want to go play tennis at the uh, the all sports resort, and uh, Ben's probably gonna want to sneak out for some dates. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think that Jen- Jenner plane is gonna be able to fly into Orlando, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the hijinks I'm sure because I mean you know you can just imagine you know obviously they're all grown men, but the, there's still something about staying in a hotel that kind of brings out the the I don't know, the, the prankster in you, and especially when it's with your teammates and stuff, and what you hear already with guys on the road, now they're uh, stuck in this very central location, and we know that NBA players have great relationships, you know, not just within their own team, but with uh, all across the league. So it could lead to some really interesting stories, and then I'm sure some very funny tweets, but I, um, it, it's hard to get excited about it just because I... I I, I'm still very much in the I'll believe it when I see it range. We still have a few weeks before they're even, you know, due to fly out there and begin kind of the, the, the practice and, and almost like training camp, really, because you think about the layoff and it's it's practically been an entire off season, mm-hmm. um, and you've had to truncate so much. But I'm I'm very curious to see how this progresses now in the next few weeks, and and if we we get to restart like we have uh, have been told it's going to be like. I think I lost you. I still hear you. Yeah, I got you now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, one other thing I just thought of too. If teams are flying down to Orlando together, how much space are the Sixers going to accommodate on their jet for the copious amounts of Chick-fil-A that they're going to need to last through these, you know, potentially three months in Orlando? 
I, I think I think there will, I'm sure, be uh, Chick-fil-A catering trucks lining the streets <laughs> of uh, of Disney resorts and in, in, in the valets. Um, yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot to to digest with this because yeah, it's it's not solely right now just a question of getting the games done. You know, you're now talking about housing uh, players and their families too because there's mm-hmm. all these stipulations about their families being able to join, but they have to self quarantine when they first come. And, you know, players having access to certain parts of, like, Disney World and who they're coming in contact with. And then, yeah, if, if you know, Disney World opens up and, and what that could potentially do, again, to when you're trying to create a bubble here and make sure that it's as safe as possible for the players, how does that work? Um, because I, I'm not sure that it does. <laughs> uh, but... I think there's still so much to juggle when, when you talk about this restart, but I, I, I do think it's now that it's kind of been you know, pen to ink and, and uh, I'm sure paper to ink, whatever the, the phrase is, pen to paper. Yeah, there we go. Thanks, Matt. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, now that it's it's been kind of put out there, there's really no walking it back and it feels like it's been agreed upon, but you, you do have players voicing concerns both about you know, COVID-19 and then both about not wanting to play and distract from what's going on in our country right now, which is a lot of protests and people voicing concerns about racial inequality. And those, those are heavy subjects that, um, you know, I, and I don't disagree with the players when they say that they feel that this will be a distraction because even them voicing that they feel it'll be a distraction has been a distraction in of itself. So what's it like when you have, you know, 10 games of, of NBA basketball and, and tons of talking points what does that do to the, these protests, which are making actual change in our country? Um, you know, those just kind of have to go on the back burner, just with the way our, our news cycle works. But there's there's a lot of issues, I think, to still be kind of sitting on our hands and just waiting to see um, how how this goes through for, for the NBA. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this all kind of just unravels, because it seems like every single day there's a new thread of tweets from Shams and Woj about what's going to happen next, what might not happen, what, you know, is on the horizon. It it just seems to change every single day. Um, And the Sixers coaching staff might change next year yet again, too, because uh, Ime Udoka is apparently interviewing for the New York Knicks head coaching job. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, we're we're seeing that they they have tons of plans to keep the players safe. They have these, uh, the the, the rings that can apparently you kind of tell you early if you may have contracted COVID-19 based on some vital signs that they take. Um, I mean, there's, there's all, there is, you have to say all types of, it seems at least all types of precautions being taken to make sure that players are as safe as possible. Um, and, and hopefully those work out the way that we expect them to. But, um, you know, you just add in that there, there's so many people to be accountable for in that, the United States is massive and, and mm-hmm. the entire response to this pandemic has been largely, not even largely, it has been wildly different depending on what state you live in. Yes. You know, uh, and there are some states that are, are, have been hit much harder and therefore I've taken it much seriously. And there's some states that weren't uh, hit, especially in the early days of this as hard and frankly, haven't taken it as seriously. Right. But are now seeing, you know, spikes that are, that are higher than even, you know, places like New Jersey, which were really hard hit that we didn't even see at our peak, right? So 
when, when you factor that in and that players are, are spread across, across all those states, um, and each state has its own kind of criteria for, for quarantine, and then you have you know the fact that we do have a team that's not even from the United States and the layers that that adds, I, I think there's there's still a lot of red tape surrounding all of this that I think is, is going to be a lot to chew through. But I, I do think at the end of the day, the season will restart, um, but it, it won't be without incident. I, I just think, frankly, there's too much money to be lost. And, you know, that, that may sound callous, but I, I just think at the end of the day, the owners will certainly want this uh, to, to restart because, they, of course, as we know, can't possibly imagine their lives without billions of dollars. And I, I, I do think the players will at some point probably fold to that idea because they'll, they'll also see that their futures might be at stake as well. But, um, you know, it's also not my place to tell the players, you know, to, to get back to work, you know, whatever they decide to is, is, is up to them. And they have, you know, that ability and they certainly have, I think the, the social backing, you know, to kind of make whatever choice they want. But I do, my, my gut tells me we'll, we'll see NBA basketball you know, kind of on the timeline that we expect. Yeah, I mean, speaking of needing money, the the Sixers ownership group needs money to pay for uh, you know their Steelers purchase. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. the The ownership group that uh, it was trying to to furlough and and not pay workers and um, you know, doesn't have the money for that, but has, has the money for for you know new investments. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> just the optics of this have been so bad for the Sixers team. I, to be very frank, I have not miss, missed the Sixers really at all. Not at <laughs> all. Uh, you know, the, the on-the-court product was uh, pretty rough to watch for most of this season. And uh, off the court, I hate Josh Harris. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's almost been kind of a relief to not have to, to, to tune into the Sixers every night. But, yeah, the, um, certainly an interesting wrinkle, though, in, in having that uh, – that ownership now with the Steelers and um, there's also that discussion about wanting to make that uh what was it that like kind of like network with uh, the Devils Mets and uh, Sixers mm-hmm. uh, what an absolutely abominable idea gotta throw <laughs> Pittsburgh in the mix too we, we gotta have all all bases of, of Pennsylvania well, covered in okay, this too and, and what's what's weird about that is none of those fan bases line up no you know like like I've I know some you know Devils Mets fans, but but typically you know you know first of all the Devils are are the the lesser of the followed of kind of the New York mm-hmm. Northern New Jersey area. You know the even the Islanders I think have a, have a broader following uh, than the Devils do, but you know it's sort of like you're getting the 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 B and C rates. You're not getting the Rangers and the Yankees, but you're going to get you know the the Mets and the Devils involved, and they don't really. I don't know too many people that like the the Sixers and the Devils or the Sixers and the Mets. Those are those are very strange combinations that I just don't think fit very well together. Um, but you know, in the, in this world we live in now, I, who knows anymore? Who knows? Uh, one other thing with the hotel arrangements, uh, I just kind of got a bit of euphoria knowing that uh, the Heat and the Sixers are not in the same hotel. Yes. So we well, won't the- have a late night hotel room slumber parties with jimmy butler and joel Embiid. yeah which is great because those those two should definitely be socially distancing from each other <laughs> with them even in the same honestly having them in the same city is uh a little concerning that's the only time i want al horford using the anonymous hotline <laughs> yes uh 
before we move on to baseball, just got to tell you guys about our friends at Tomahawk Shades. They're doing the damn thing the best possible way. Two brothers on Long Island started this company because they didn't want you to have to spend an arm and a leg, a whole you know paycheck on an overpriced pair of sunglasses, pair of blue light glasses. I have both, and both are just unbelievable products. The quality of them is through the roof, and uh, you can get your own at TomahawkShades.com. Sign up for their rewards program as well. Earn Hawk points. If you follow them on Instagram and Facebook, each one gives you 50 uh, Hawk points. If you have a birthday that you celebrate, you put that in. On your birthday, you get 100 Hawk points, and every dollar you spend, you earn a Hawk point towards free money on their site. And we're going to help you guys out big time because our promo code USP saves you 25% off your order at checkout. So you're already going into this thing paying three quarters of the price for whatever pair of shades you want. They are doing it the right way, a quality product for an affordable price. Use our promo code USP at checkout. Save yourself 25% off TomahawkShades.com. Matt, I got to get your opinion from the jump. This baseball nonsense has been absolutely absurd from top to bottom. And today, another offer was put out, and maybe we're going to have baseball? Well, I, I have I have multiple thoughts and opinions. Number one, I can't think of an easier uh, major American sport to exist and play in our, our current circumstances than baseball it's it is incredibly simple to have baseball in the era of COVID 19 you know everyone is already socially distant there's very little contact in baseball the only thing you would even need to focus on is sanitizing balls and bats um which again is incredibly simple to do um you know you you think about the position of it, of baseball players they're they're all spread out it's very easy to just make sure that everyone in the dugout is sitting far away from each other, that you're not sharing drinks and stuff like that. I mean, there's already, you know, practically protective equipment being used every game <laughs> in, in baseball. I mean, it, like it, you literally could not create an easier sport to, to kind of exist in this manner. Um, so, so right off the bat, I, I, I'm frustrated at the fact that we don't even have a plan yet for baseball. You know, and again, what a sport that seems incredibly easy for me to, to see how this works, right? Basketball, you know, you have to go through a lot of hoops specifically because of that. It's a contact sport, right? And you're going to have lots of times where these guys are very close to each other and it's going to be hard to mitigate that. Baseball, I mean, Jesus, it is so simple. Like, it, it's, it's, you don't have to change a single thing to baseball besides cleaning stuff, you know, to, to make it safe to play in, in this situation. It, it's, it's a complete and abject failure of the league as a whole, mainly on the owners, mm-hmm. um, that there's not only you know no plan, but that this should have been the first sport to come back, in my opinion, Easy. because of how simple it is. And, and because, too, I mean, if I'm baseball, when are you ever – this is, this is a, a hugely missed opportunity because you're never going to have the nation's eye like you would have had it now. Um, you know, baseball is is obviously deeply rooted with America's roots. Uh, you know, you, you, it is called America's pastime for a reason. It's it's a heavily followed and sort of generational sport. Um, you know, it's one of the few sports that I think everyone's you know parents and grandparents have all kind of watched and grew up with and have these fond memories of. Other sports don't have the kind of long history that baseball does, and 
this was their only opportunity to reclaim some of that and become the focal sport of America. And they absolutely blew it. And it can't be seen as anything other than an abject failure and uh, just a huge example of greed by the owners that, that there were not, we only have a plan, not that even we're not even back yet, but that we don't have a plan for getting baseball back. Um, and I, it's just, it's tragic. And I, I, I do worry that the damage, not even just from losing, you know, ticket revenue for the season and beyond and playoff revenue and all this. Um, but that this could be a huge blow for, for baseball going forward. And the ramifications of this current, uh, you know, kind of back and forth deal between the, the union and the owners, you know, what that might do for contract negotiations going forward. And, you know, you, you worry about a lockout or even a lost season going forward. I mean, this, this could be a huge, huge blow to, to baseball and its popularity. And I just can't believe that these knuckleheads couldn't just get it together that screw it if you have to pay an extra $250 million, whatever. Uh, you know, all, all these billionaires crying about that when you could have just, you could have been the sport. You could have been the only thing that the only live sport, a ma- major American sport back on TV, back in everyone's homes. You know, when we know that people are being forced to stay home and they're looking for something to watch, they're burning through any Netflix documentary that comes out. You could have been the sport on everyone's TV and you blew it. And that is an absolute failure. Yeah. I mean, it's already been bad enough that baseball lost so many fans from the last strike in 1994. This isn't even a strike, but we could be set up for that when the CBA expires after next season. Um, you know, this has long lasting ramifications of not taking advantage of being in the limelight and growing your sport to a younger audience, which everyone knows baseball is just crying out for. Uh, because the average age of a baseball fan is 57 years old. Uh, you, you claim you want to let the kids play and everything, and yet you have these old grouchy announcers, you have, you know, you, you don't market to your younger fan base at all in a positive way, and now you're stuck here, and today, uh, Jeff Passan, best guy in baseball, uh, detailed the MLBPA's proposals uh, from today's offer, which was a 70-game season from July 19th through September 30th with full prorated pay, Spring training uh, to begin June 26th to June 28th. We would have expanded playoffs to 16 teams in 2020 and 2021. Uh, There are going to be opt-outs, which full service and salary for players who are high risk and those who live with high risk individuals. Uh, Baseball would be donating $10 million for social justice initiatives funded from uh, a welfare plan. Uh, you would have a minimum pool for playoff shares in 2020 based on rounds played, $50 million if full playoff is staged. Uh, you'd have a 50-50 split of incremental TV revenues for any additional postseason games in 2021. Salary advance forgiveness for all players in tiers 1 to 3 of the March agreement. And uh, the the funniest part of this whole thing is clubs are granted permission to sell advertisements slash patches on uniforms in 2020 and 2021 and we will finally have the universal dh in 2020 and 2021 yeah some some low-key 
big uh, big things being kind of thrown into this this deal. Um, I mean, I, I I'm pretty optimistic that this is probably the deal that gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a few less games in the end, but I think there's you know just from our under you know, we're not at the table. We don't we don't know exactly <laughs> uh, what the fight is over, but we know that. Uh, the grievance issue was an issue, and that um, you know the the owners especially did not want the players union to have the ability to file any grievances. Um, and you know now the owners having a, another pathway of monetizing, you know their brand and their sport, you know with these ads on on jerseys. Um, you know I, I think that's incentive for them to get this deal done. I mean, you know I've already said you know, what a failure this has been, and that this should have already been uh, ironed out you know we should theoretically be looking forward to it you know imagine just i know it's a hypothetical but imagine like restarting baseball on july 4th you know like july and it, it, it's a weekend you know july 3rd you know baseball's back that entire weekend just slammed you know it's it's already going to be a really interesting holiday and imagine having baseball back for that and, and what that could have done you know what it's just it's so upsetting but hopefully this is the, the deal that gets it done because Again, I can't think of a sport that's easier to, to get back, you know, to, to where it was and not change too much. And, yeah, it'll be weird not having fans in stadium, but I I just think any way you can get baseball back is the way to do it. They're already used to playing in summer. You know, like, the, there's really, there's there's so little, I think, that you have to change. Um, and I just wish the owners would just pay the players. The, the players want to play. It's not, you know, this isn't a situation where the players are, are sort of ducking the call here and, and don't want to show up. You know, the, the players are even openly tweeting just when and where. Yep. You know, I, I think they would be happy to play in, in any situation right now. And I um, I hope that the owners oblige them because I, I think they, they, they're, they're losing the forest for the trees, I think, in this entire battle. Um you know, I don't want to tell billionaires how to handle business, but you know, it, this is this isn't good business. You know, not having your sport on TV is not good, and you know, having people upset with you because your your sport is not on TV is also not good. You know, if you if you want people to to be interested, they need to be able to watch the sport. It's it's really that simple, um, and and I hope this doesn't do too much damage either to. You know, relations between the union and, and the owners going forward because the last thing I think baseball needs is any kind of lockout or even any threat of lockout, mm-hmm. especially when you've now lost, you know, half a season um, already, you know, it already feels like a lockout year. I just, you know, the, this, this sport desperately needs to be back in, in people's view if they want it to be relevant because it's, it's slipping in relevancy, you know, like the, you know, our generation and younger are, are not, huge baseball fans um you know there's there's obviously some it's not to say that it doesn't exist but it's a sport that already i think really needs an injection of youth and needs that injection of being more in in kind of pop culture and being more of a you know a a sport you can actually have water cooler conversation about and it's not there yet and this was this was a huge huge miss for for this league to not already have this worked out and you've got to be pretty bad to be worse than Gary Bettman, and I think Rob Manfred has been horrendous throughout this entire negotiating process. Yeah, I mean, anyone who still had stock in Rob Manfred, like, I don't know what you were thinking to begin with, but it is certainly at its all-time low uh, with all this, because, man, I, you know, the, Gary Bettman is, is sort of, 
you know, kind of like a cartoony villain, you know, mm-hmm. where like everyone, everyone kind of loves to hate him. It's almost like a joke to kind of boo him. Uh, Manfred is legitimately hated and, and already, you know, again, this feels like forever ago, but when you had his comments about the World Series trophy that was just a piece of metal and um, the slap on the wrist punishments that were doled out to the Astros, which by the way, we have not forgotten Houston. You, we, you will be booed. Yes. Whenever we are able to get back in the stadium, we will absolutely boo you to death. Um, you know, he was already, I, I think in, in a really poor situation uh, to begin with. And then this has certainly not helped his image at all. Uh, but I mean, that's what he's there for. He's there to, to be the voice of the, the, the owners. And we can't forget that either, that, that this is, this is on the owners, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, you can get mad at the players and, and say whatever you want, but it's the owners who are holding up progress here. And and that's that's who the anger should be directed towards. Uh, the the players aren't the ones laying off workers and refusing to pay them and asking them to take huge pay cuts. That's that's the owners doing that. The billionaire owners, <laughs> you know, like with a B, with with a B. <laughs> that's a thousand million. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> these people are very very wealthy, and a lot of them didn't even work to get that wealth. Okay, don't feel bad for them. They were they were born very rich, and they didn't have to work a day for it. They are not your friends. Do not do not bootlick for the billionaires. No, because they don't need it or deserve it. They pay someone to bootlick for them already. <laughs> uh, and I was also infuriated with the fact that Ken Rosenthal reported six owners flat out said they would be totally fine just punting the season and not having a season this year. If you're an yeah. owner and you're thinking that way, you should be forced to sell your team. You should be thrown in jail. <laughs> if you that. Um, I mean, it's just that, you know, that to me, when I saw that same thing, and it just made zero sense to me either because, again, in a, in a time like this where, you know, you, you look across the country and, and small and large businesses are having lots of issues with, with revenue, you would think that if there's any plan whatsoever to get, let's not, let's not even think of it as baseball, just to get your business back up mm-hmm. and running, and out of spite, you're like, no, I'd rather I'd rather bleed money and and potentially risk my, my financial future just because I don't want to give in to this. And by the way, when you really break it down, you know, the players are asking you know, individual teams to pay an extra like eight to 12 million individual teams to pay an extra eight to 12 million total. That is an obscenely low amount. That's like one dollar dog night for the Phillies. Like yep. I don't, wanna, I don't want to. I, I, I'm. You could just have like double the dollar dog nights the next time that fans are, are back allowed in stadiums, and you'd cover that cost. Yes. Like you, why? How is that the stopping point here? It's just it's mind blowing how how this is coming down to these margins here, and the, these owners are still nickel and dining their their way through this. It's it's truly shocking i just want to know which six owners it was like if we could predict which six owners in baseball were just like nah we don't, we don't want to have a season it's fine if it doesn't happen i think the astros certainly at the top of the yes. list. Like, you know what we could use a, <laughs> we could use a year off um maybe the angels because they committed a lot of money they're like eh, well actually <laughs> we'd like to not <laughs> definitely the red sox because they're yeah, like, sure the Reds- you know, we're we're caught up in that cheating scandal too. You know, we don't want to catch all the all the nonsense for trading Mookie away. Uh, I feel like Boston was definitely in there. 
probably uh, Cleveland. Yes. I would imagine they they love uh, <laughs> not spending money wisely and, and trying to save it. I just I, I can't imagine an owner not wanting you know this these teams back up and running. I, I just it it really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But um, you know you don't you don't get to a billionaire by being uh, incredibly charitable. You get there by being very greedy <laughs> and um, being very anti anti labor, uh, which is what we're seeing with with these owners right now. And uh, it translates over to football where teams don't want to pay players because apparently uh, Jamal Adams requested a trade tonight from the New York Jets. And on his list of seven teams that he is open to being traded to is our Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, he looks great in green, like we said before the show started. I mean, uh, the the Jets green is close-ish to the uh, Kelly green already. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's... I mean, he's obviously a great player, and um, you know, all, all this season, really, he's had this kind of back and forth with the with the Jets and about uh, kind of wanting to be traded. But now it seems much more concrete that uh, he he wants to be out of there. But it's, I, I tell you, it's it's a really interesting time for for player valuation and and asset management and all this because you know you, you talk about a, a league that's future is kind of up in the air. The NFL is right up there because I, you know. Just looking at, at, at the situation, I'm not totally positive that come September, um, this is going to be in any better of a situation than we're in now. And I just can't imagine with how many players are involved in the NFL and just the, the entire staff associated with it and the nature of the sport itself. I, I just, I'm having a hard time imagining football as we know it in the fall. I really am. Yeah. And um, it is the league that I would expect the most, though, to plow through those issues. Yes. <laughs> um, but there's really, you know, in other sports, you can minimize contact or, or something like baseball where already you're, you're pretty much socially distancing the entire time anyway. Um, you know, one thing we've seen, you know, soccer related is that, you know, you can kind of be in close contact with, with players for, you know, short bursts throughout a, a, a you know, a stage of the game and, you know, your, your risk is still relatively low. There's, there's not really anything like that with the football. You're, the, the nature of the game is incredibly physical. So I think it's going to be an interesting summer for, for lots of teams and for lots of players, because I just, it's, it's it right now sitting, you know, in the middle of June, it's hard to imagine the NFL playing like normal in September. It just is. Yeah, completely. And, uh, the yesterday I saw a mock-up from I believe it was on Stadium. Uh, somebody drew up a COVID nineteen edition football helmet, and it looked exactly like a Master Chief helmet from Halo. And I'll tell you what, if they implement that and and find a way to get those helmets created, that would be pretty damn cool. Uh, it, it looked like a, a true blue space helmet, to say the least. It it would be cool, and you know. Obviously, the hope is that we can have, you know, sports like the NFL back safely. But um, I just think, you know, even if you look just beyond the, the players themselves, you know, there's what 53 players on a roster. There's I don't know 800 coaches, you know, to a team. They're talking the about elders. expanding practice squads to 16 guys. It's just there's so many moving parts to to keep track of. You know, we're already talking about the NBA and how hard it is to kind of 
know, when you talk about the central location, keeping tracks and tabs on everyone, how difficult that is. Now, granted, you know, September's a long time away. And if you think, you know, backwards, back to April and how different our understanding of this virus was and how to you know, properly protect ourselves. And the idea of even having sports back still seemed like a, a pipe dream. You know, now we're kind of facing that reality of sports can be back, we believe, safely. Um, so obviously things can change, you know, by September rolls around. But I just think it's hard to think tangibly about this sport being back um, in its fullest form, um, you know, this season. But I, I do think the NFL um, is not a league that really values its players very much and uh, will certainly want, you know, fleets on the field again in, in September. And and frankly, probably won't care the cost and, and will just want those guys out there playing again and, and making money. I, I, I think it, it they won't really care much for the, the physical toll. They already don't. You know, yep. the, the league's already uh, shown that they don't really care for player safety and health that much, uh, despite what they say. So it wouldn't surprise me to, to see them back. But it's definitely going to be the hardest sport, I think, to exist in, in this current climate. Yeah. And uh, when we were speaking on Jamal Adams, his seven-team list is uh, the Eagles, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the Texans, the Ravens, and his hometown, Dallas Cowboys. Pretty interesting that he wants to go to all winning organizations except for the Cowboys. And the Texans. I mean, that, that's certainly an interesting uh, addition to that. But yeah, I mean, everyone else on that list, uh, Sands, Cowboys, and Texans is you know, a team that either just won the Super Bowl, has won a Super Bowl in the past few years, or is kind of a perennial contender, or at least has a, a bright-looking future. So um, it's, it's, it's a good list to be on if you're the Eagles in terms of uh, the company that you're keeping. Texans has to be the weirdest on there, though. At least the yeah. Cowboys you could sell on. Like, all right, the Cowboys, you, you could you could really slot in well there and, and, and have a future. But the Texans, I mean, this is a team that just hit the self-destruct button, <laughs> which, again, feels like forever ago. Yes, but it was does. actually just like four months that they <laughs> traded away their best player. But, um yeah, what a what a what a season it's been! It's it's not even summer yet. This has all been just one long spring. This yep. has been the longest spring, I think, of our collective lives. Uh, and then the last bit of Eagles news is uh, Doug Peterson was asked about potentially bringing in Colin Kaepernick to the Eagles, and rightfully so. In in QB factory way, Doug said he would be open to the possibility of the Eagles signing Colin Kaepernick. It would certainly be interesting. Um, you know, everything going on now uh, with with the protests across America, it sort of, I think, reopened uh, the Kaepernick case and everything that went wrong with him. And people forget that he uh, settled with his uh, the collusion case that he that he filed against the NFL, which obviously settling doesn't necessarily imply guilt. Um, but you know, this was a man that was that was blackballed out of the league um, for, for standing up what he believed in. And now, you know, in this current political climate, um, clearly he's a voice. Maybe people should have listened to more, but you know, I, I do think it'd be an interesting uh, guy to bring onto the team, but personally, I I do think that's, that's just a bit off just because you, you just drafted Jalen hurts and you already have Carson Wentz. Like I'm not, not really sure of his actual fit with the team because it's not like the Eagles necessarily need a backup quarterback, but um, you know, it's, it's good on Doug to 
uh, say the right things at least and not put his foot in his mouth like we've seen with some other uh, some other coaches, uh, both professional and non-professional in the past few weeks. Yeah, and I mean, when it comes to Colin Kaepernick and his quote-unquote fit with the Eagles, I think there is a fit. Uh, I think the only thing you'd have to do is just say goodbye to Nate Sudfeld, who hasn't played a, a meaningful snap on this team uh, in his entire Eagles career. But I think Kaepernick, if he were to come back, I think he'd be uh, a good mentor and somebody for Jalen Hurts to learn from, somebody for Carson Wentz to learn from. Um, and I mean, the Eagles were at his, uh, you know, moved around and jumbled workout last fall. So it's it's not out of the realm of possibility, I'd say, but uh, I don't think it'll actually happen. I said on our uh, one of our newest shows, Just Another Football Podcast with Connor Miles, I said, keep an eye on the Chargers with Colin Kaepernick because they just drafted a rookie quarterback. Tyrod Taylor hasn't played in a while. They they all kind of have that similar QB style, and Anthony Lynn and Colin Kaepernick have a really good uh, relationship. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Chargers signed him, but I think any team right now, if you were to go and sign Colin Kaepernick, I think you'd get scrutinized for the fact that you, you'd almost be doing it as a publicity stunt and kind of a, a saving face thing to get Colin just back in the league. Yeah, I mean, the, just the, the sad reality is you're right in that there would be people celebrating it and then there would be people um saying oh, i'm done with the team I, i'm never watching this this sport again never watching i can't believe i was a fan for so long all this uh people burning gear i'm sure but um yeah it's it's still gonna be a, a difficult situation i just think you know the eagles aren't really in a position where it makes a ton of sense um and i don't think it makes enough sense uh to to make a decision like that that you know just for a fact, is going to be incredibly divisive. And it shouldn't be a divisive. Right. <laughs> but we know that it will. And, and that's just the reality. And we, we shouldn't pretend like, it, you know, if Kaepernick gets signed to the team, like it wouldn't be a, a huge, huge deal that there wouldn't people, that there wouldn't be anyone that's upset about it. Because there would. Because there's people who still cl- very clearly don't understand uh, his message and, and the message of protest now. Um, and that these, these aren't people that, or anti-patriotic or, or that hate the flag or whatever, um, or that also aren't related to veterans themselves. But um, I, I think there's always going to be people outraged over, over him. And if someone signs him, they're taking quite a risk, uh, I think. Yeah. And I said, if, if the NFL wants to, you know, come close to doing a right by Colin Kaepernick, they'll sign him to be a, a big face in the league office because he hasn't played in four years. Uh, you'd give him a chance to, uh, you know, really put his mark on the league and really educate an entire league that needs that education. Uh, and I think it would be a, a good move for the NFL to hire Colin to work in the league office and, and be kind of that, that voice for this social injustice that's been going on for far too long. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, that's also implying that the, that this league is, is smartly run and cares yeah, about that. Kind of very thing, true. Know? At the end of the day, we can't forget who these owners are. And that's uh, rich, powerful, old white men that don't care. <laughs> you know, like that's just the reality of it. That is very true. Uh, and I think that's all we got for you guys tonight. Make sure you are following us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at underground PHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. And make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. 
this week, let us know what car you think Joel Embiid should be getting since he's taking those car recommendations, and maybe we'll just forward them over to Joel, and uh, we'll see what he's driving down to Disney. Uh, but whatever else comes to mind, if you think the Eagles should trade for Jamal Adams, your thoughts on the NBA and Disney, uh, you know, stuff that's been going on, baseball, you want to yell at the owners, go right ahead. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. And, of course, if you don't have an iPhone or iTunes, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadioRadio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. And uh, we'll be back later on this week talking about whatever happens with baseball, the NBA, and if any uh, sports news goes down. Oh, and one other thing, too, that we didn't talk about. Kevin Durant is now an owner of the Philadelphia Union. Yeah, what a uh, what a pickup for the union. Um, it did get leaked before, which in typical Durant fashion, but um, glad to have him on board. And it, it was a pretty interesting uh, purchase because he's a five percent owner, but there's an option clause that could uh, kick in where he becomes a ten percent owner. And you know, for a guy of Kevin Durant's stature and uh, just his business off the court, I think it's a pretty big deal for the union. It absolutely is, and, I, and you know, LeBron is invested in, in my team, Liverpool, um, and he saw his investment go, I think, from $5 million to somewhere around, you know, 30 32 um, So there's certainly money in it, and if you look at the way the MLS is trending, it's a, it's a good move for him, I think, financially, but it certainly isn't going to stop people either from uh, fantasizing about Durant on the Sixers, maybe <laughs> on a, a farewell tour, you know, five, six years down the road. Yeah, as soon as he's done in Brooklyn, just uh, come on down. Be like J.J. Redick. You know, live yeah, in Brooklyn. Take the, and commute. <laughs> take the commuter's route, maybe carpool with J.J., and he'll just keep going down to New Orleans. It's so ridiculous that this whole NBA tournament is extending J.J. Redick's playoff run. <laughs> that, is, that is truly the worst silver lining in all of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but make sure you guys check out our local sponsors as well with local businesses opening back up in New Jersey. If you have the means to do so, go support your local businesses like Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automobile, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our kick-ass merch provider, Design Tree, DSGNTree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Use the promo code DSGN10 to save yourself $10 off at checkout. And, of course, Tomahawk Shades. Use our promo code USP at checkout at TomahawkShades.com. Save yourself 25% off your order. Any final thoughts, Matt? It's great to be back. Uh, Great to actually be thinking about sports again and watching them. Soccer has been back on, and we'll have the MLS hopefully back soon. It'd be great to have like NBA, NHL, baseball all back as well. Um, and I, I just hope you know everyone's everyone's been staying safe during quarantine. Continues to do so. Virus is still out there. Let's not get crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean it's great to be back and great to start thinking about um, non-quarantine related things. Yes. <laughs> you know, to have a little bit of you know having a little bit of normalcy back in sports has been really, really awesome in the little bit that we've gotten so far. So hopefully everyone continues to, to be smart and remembers that uh, wearing a mask is totally cool. It's not a big deal. You can do it. I believe in you and it, it makes us all safer. And if wearing a mask is what stands between us and having normalcy back in our lives, just throw the mask on because it's not hard and wash your hands. Exactly. Be kind to one another and uh, we'll be back later this week. This has been 
Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 244. For Matt, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.